1: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble, happy host, broadcasting live from lovely and hot Austin, Texas. Julie, my dear, welcome to today's radio show.
2: Thank you. Always a pleasure. And this is going to be a great continuation of what we started on a previous show, 10 Strategies to Stop Taking Everything So Personally. And we'll jump in here in a few minutes. Back to you.
1: And we're going to pick up at point number six. You know, Julie, prior to today's show, I was actually reading a really cool article on complaining And I mean, it's kind of part and parcel for today's topic too, but complaining in general, there's been some psychological research that's coming out now. Actually, I think part of this article was in psychology today, if you guys want to read this yourselves. And it is unbelievable, the power of just one little minor complaint. When you complain about anything... Just the smallest little thing, that uh, like a complaint is almost as powerful in terms of having a detrimental effect on your mindset, as like winning the lottery would be. You know, because one tiny, tiny little complaint, at like the speed of thought, will multiply itself into many, many other little negative thoughts. And then the complaining looks for other rationalizations to still, you know, essentially manifest more complaining. And the next thing you know, you've basically become a very negative person. It's really fascinating, um, you know, as far as the power of complaining, the power of that, what what germinates from that. I would strongly suggest all of you guys do your own homework on this. Julie and I actually i am in the midst of writing a show. We're going to try to do a, a show about complaining. There's been um, There was actually a pastor in South Carolina, I think. Um, that had, he wrote a book about essentially no complaining for 21 days. And if you catch yourself in a complaint, you're supposed to snap yourself with a rubber band. Now, this book came out a long time ago, but I think that all of us need to refresh our course. It's just for no other reason than in real estate, it is so easy to fall prey to, you know, the negative mindset that starts with just a single, uh, simple, innocuous complaint. So just keep that in mind, guys. Don't complain about the Temperature of your coffee, or the weather, or you know, don't complain about anything. Um, so look for that radio show. It's coming uh, to a podcast uh, channel on your uh, uh, iPhone or whatnot soon. So Julie, do you have any any interesting emails or comments from listeners? I know we've been getting a lot of great emails.
2: Yes. Well, the the best thing that I can say is a great shout out. Uh, who's Uh, She knows who she is. She wanted to remain uh, anonymous on the call and lives in Southern California and has just decided to actually let her REMAX franchise go because we did some analysis and, you know, she's one of our grizzled veterans and it just makes more sense for her to lead with revenue and profit for herself. And has worked through, you know, you can imagine there might have been some ego issues letting something like that go. She had a lot of pride in it, and that's all good. But in the interest of putting on your own oxygen mask first, she decided to go back out essentially on her own and cut a lot of costs and things that really weren't necessarily required for her own success and for her personal retirement plan. So kudos to her for finally making that decision. Took a few coaching calls to get there, but well done. And now she's on a whole new path, focused even more on profit and dumping a lot of unnecessary expense. Not to mention stress of having to deal with agents, uh, E and O stuff, and all that kind of thing that you know probably is wearing on her more than she realizes. Once she finally gets out of there, so, well, just so had to say let's that. Let's sometimes, it's, sometimes that's the right decision is to to just go that direction. But back to you. Well,
1: yeah, depending on your individual goals, but you know, for fear of uh, alienating all of our great Remax brokers, you no, know? oh, no, not <laughs> meant like that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but just for that guy in particular, in her particular market, maybe it wasn't viable for her. Maybe her better option would be obviously to go with being an independent practitioner. So there's that's an old right. joke uh, that you know, basically being a broker makes you broker, and in a lot of cases, that's true. And to Julie's point, a lot of times we hold on to things even when it's not working. Um, you know, just because our egos basically lead, are leading us to believe that you just need to stay on that path longer. And at some point, you need to be able to break free. You know, the old saying, we've mentioned this on the radio show before, is, especially those from the Midwest, we were all, you know, read, uh, raised to believe that when the going gets tough, the you know, the tough get going, right? I mean, all of us, all of us know that. But I learned this, you know, I was blessed to have a, a, somebody tell me this, a guy named Jim Klimbiel, actually who was a very, very, and is a very wealthy um, you know, investor sort. And he told me a long time ago, he said, uh, the real saying is when the going gets tough, the smart leaves. So as business owners, what we have to be doing is evaluating essentially if what we're doing isn't working. And the tough part, and this is where a good coach comes in, frankly, the tough part is having some disinterested third party help you decide whether or not it's working based on the actual experiences, based on what you hope and dream the experience will be. And when you go through the, you know, as Julie said, put your own mask on first, that's that comes from like when you guys are on a plane, you know, the plane's taking off and the steward or stewardess says, uh, hey, guess what? You know, if there's for some reason a drop in cabin pressure, they always say, put your mask on first. What a lot of us do is we get caught in these paradigms where we're so busy putting on other people's masks. And then if you're a real estate broker and you have, you know, a bunch of agents, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be thinking 24-7 whether you want to or not about those agents, whether they're doing okay, whether they're this, they the other thing. And then years pass and you have realized you never actually put your own mask on. So, I mean, all of us have to be constantly evaluating whether or not the decisions that we made are in alignment with basically this, you know, our true purpose, what our mission is. It's easy to have mission creep in any kind of business. So do yourself a favor and, uh, yeah, evaluate it. See if it makes sense. You know, Julie, I had an interesting coaching call, and this is from someone who sells, you know, hundreds of houses. He's very successful. He's a multimillionaire. And, you know, in his market, things are going really well. It's strong. It's not a really huge market, just an average sale price market. But the question I left him with, and, he, you know, again, on his calls, we try to focus him on big picture stuff because it's easy for him to get mired in the details. So I asked him this question. I asked all of our listeners the same thing. And this is a centering question. That's what we call this in coaching. It's a centering question. So if you knew for sure six months from now, that you know things were going to be completely the opposite of of where they are it's going to be like the you know back 0708 it's going to people are no you know it's it's for the most part for the economy it's not looking great okay so just kind of paint your most bleak picture if you knew six months from now um that that's how it was going to be for some reason you had advanced knowledge of a inevitable you know uh real estate crash and all these other things right doom and gloom stuff at its height what would you be doing differently now What would you be doing differently if you knew for sure six months from now things would be radically different? Now, why did I give him that question? Because from the surface it seems like it's a negative question and and, and maybe it sort of is. But the reality of it is, and now are we predicting that we're all going to be living in caves and hunting our own food in six months? Of course not. But by asking him that question at a time where he's making lots of money, at a time where he's thinking about building his team, where he's thinking about adding overhead, it's a centering question because it gets him back to a place where he can actually look at things objectively from a coach's perspective it's easy to basically start saying well add this team member that team member buy a moving truck and you know take out more ads on facebook that's easy to actually challenge somebody's belief structure and help them to realize and be back in alignment or maybe for the first time be in alignment with what their true objectives are, why they started the business in the first place, that's sometimes a big challenge. But I have to say, giving him credit, and Brian, I am talking about you, giving him credit, it does allow him to make decisions that are going to be, again, in alignment with it. his long-term goals are. So all of you guys listening right now, uh, if you're feeling a little bit like being pulled in different directions – um, and I think both examples of Julie's call and the call I just told you about, those are people that are feeling like they're being spread too thin. Do ask yourself that centering question, and you'll be surprised how actually pretty simple the answers come. So if you knew for sure, here's the question again, guys. In six months, basically things were going to be like they were back in 07, 08, where it was really, you know, for a lot of people it was a big struggle. What would you be doing differently now? What would you be learning? What actions would you be taking? more importantly, maybe it's time for you guys to consider, because a lot of you are coming off riding a huge wave, uh, making lots of money. What wouldn't you be doing? What would you stop doing? See, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you don't have to think too long about what you'd stop doing. You know instantly what you would stop doing, because in your heart of hearts, you know probably, you know, the leads you're buying or the website you're investing in or the this or the that isn't really working. Do that now, guys, because if it is, hard time six months from now for the country and for the economy, you'll be ahead of the curve. Now, that actually leads me, and Julie, let's pick up where we left off yesterday, point number six, but I remind all of you guys, if you're not in real estate coaching essentials yet, if you're not in the coaching program, if you're still waiting, what the heck are you waiting for? Remember, guys, this is a real live coaching program. You get four semi-private coaching calls per month with Coach Julie. Yes, the Julie on this call, I do get emails about that, asking if Coach Julie is Julie Harris. Yes, it is. Hi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in addition to that, you get a private coaching call per month with one of our uh, premier coaches. And that, guys, is all for only – it's less than 100 bucks a month. Um, and, by the way, 100% of you listening right now are approved to get into this program. Um, that means literally, there's, assuming you use the student approval program, literally every single one of you guys can be coaching clients. Literally every single one of you guys can get your listing presentation together finally, get your pre listing pack together finally, get your scripts together, get your dialogues together, get your REO system together, your BPO system together, your short sale system together. You know, all the little pieces and parts that basically make for a successful real estate practice long term, that's all included as part of this coaching program. So while you're thinking about it, on your mobile device, scroll down. Fill out that simple form. It takes two seconds, name, email address, phone number. Someone from our team will call you back. And when you do, we're also going to give you those six free books emailed to you, guys. They're not hard copies. They're emailed. That includes Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, Real Estate Treasure Map, and all the other books you see there. So just go ahead and complete that form. If you're on your desktop, just go to joinharris.com. So, Julie, let's go to point number six.
2: Right. Perfect. Point number six. And again, we're talking about how to stop taking things too seriously and being wrecking your life and your business doing so. So point number six, work to pre-qualify the crazy combative and critical from your life and your real estate practice. You can only do this when you have enough lead flow. When you generate more business, then you don't have to tolerate as much drama. Remember, the unmotivated are generally the toughest to work with. In our essentials class, I often have a little reminder that agents jot down, and that is two arrows. You have an arrow going down, that's low motivation, and then next to it, an arrow going up. That means the price is too high. The lower the motivation, the higher they're going to try and get you to price it which creates havoc, and those are the most volatile deals whenever you're talking about listings. When you're working with a less motivated buyer or a less communicative buyer who just isn't doing what you need them to do, well, that's going to be a lot tougher transaction for you. So pre-qualify. That doesn't mean they're crazy, but you can sometimes have early warning signs of people that are not going to be the best to work with. Pre-qualify the crazy, combative, and critical from your life and from your practice. Again, when you generate more business, you can be more picky. You don't have to tolerate the drama. If you only have three or four leads, you're going to feel like you've got to work with everybody. If you have 30 or 40 leads, you can sift or sort. You can cherry pick. You can work with the people who will most appreciate your efforts. You can only help people who are wanting your help. And I I also talk about this in the Essentials class, Tim, that sometimes you'll feel like you're using a script and you'll want to say the script doesn't work. But there are no scripts that work on unmotivated people. It's not the script, it's the situation. And we can be blinded by that and think, well I just should have said something differently. But if they don't have to sell or they don't and really no buyer has to buy, it's not the script, it's the situation. So have great scripts and use them to actually pre qualify some of these More troubling situations out of your life. You can't completely eliminate drama, but you can work to mitigate it by having enough business that you can choose quality business with people who actually appreciate your expertise. Hopefully that makes sense.
1: Well, but that's the authentic truth, what you just said right there, Julie. I mean, the best scripts in the world, said by the most skilled salespeople in the world, will not have any effect on somebody who's not motivated. And so many of you guys. Are working with buyers and sellers who are not motivated and it's simple to motivate some of you guys just got to use a script oh I don't like scripts I get it look guys we do not tell you to memorize our scripts and say them verbatim what we do ask you to do is Um, essentially internalize the scripts and then personalize the scripts. Internalize, then personalize. That means, quite quite frankly, we want you to understand the conversation flow of the script, and then what we want you to do is we want you to basically personalize it. But you do have to get at the heart of what's really going on with that client. Otherwise, you will burn yourself out, wasting countless hours with folks that will never, ever buy. Hey, guess what? It's the reason that when you go to the doctor, the doctor has you fill out a form that prequalifies you. Have you ever gone into a doctor's office where they didn't have you show that you are? A had a problem or B and B had the ability to pay for it, right, they're pre-qualifying you. So just be a professional. It's the expectation of anybody that when working with a person who's a professional that they're going to get pre-qualified. So don't be fearful of pre-qualifying. Don't think that by asking pre-qualifying questions, you're going to run them off. And if you do, guess what? They weren't motivated anyway. All right, Julie, let's bounce to the next point.
2: Yes. Okay. Point number seven, find somebody that you admire because of their steadfast, low drama approach and emulate them. it don't have to be in real estate. You know, I was just thinking about Margaret Thatcher the other day about, you know, your, when you picture her, don't you have the image of like the stalwart, you know, professional low drama? I mean, I think it'd be hard to shake her. It doesn't have to be a politician, obviously. It could be somebody that has nothing to do with your real estate practice or anything else. But you've got to find somebody that you say, you know what? I really admire their unshakability. And I think that goes a long way to choose that person. You can also, you know, one of the things we do with the treasure map, we talk about uh, finding somebody that you admire, how they speak, how they look, how they dress, what their approach to life is. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and work on every single aspect yourself. That's going to take too long. Find somebody you admire and act as if. It's a lot more efficient.
1: Or you can have a series of people, right? I mean, Margaret Thatcher's a great quote, uh, a great person to uh, you know to model yourself after, for a whole bunch of reasons. But she's pretty amazing. If you guys want to read a fantastic biography, somebody that will motivate you. It, look, politics aside, you got to read about Margaret Thatcher. So impressive, you know where she came from. She cha- guys, she she took voice lessons to try to change the tonality of her voice. You know, she did all kinds of things so that she could be successful. Just an extraordinary woman. You know, now I think about it, there was actually some good movies that were created uh, about her as well. So definitely research her. Um, One of probably the most significant people of all of our lifetimes. Next point, Julie.
2: Next point is number eight, adopt the it's too soon to tell mantra instead of deeming everything to be instantly good or instantly bad. So how many times even really during today do you go through the day going, "Oh my gosh, that was awful," or "Woohoo, I got a new listing?" Well, I hope your new listing was awesome, but it's kind of too soon to tell. I hope that it's going to sell right away like you promised the seller. Hopefully we're right, you know? And the same thing when you find drama in your voicemail or your email, "Oh my gosh, this is awful." Well, it's too soon to tell. Maybe all of this is happening for a reason. We joke about the real estate gods handing you things to have to deal with so that you learn something from that. I remember, you know, learning in real estate that instead of really being frustrated by the difficult clients, appreciate that they are finding something that is up with your business and fix it, because the nice, easygoing clients probably won't tell you, even if they do find something is a little bit awry, it's the ones that are difficult that make your business better. If none of us had challenging clients, we wouldn't be able to grow and see what they see from the outside. So adopt, it's too soon to tell instead of being judgmental of everything that's happening around you all the time. Things well, are not instantly good or bad. It's just too soon to tell.
1: Let's get more practical application guys because this is a really profound thought. So let's say today you have you get your you get kicked in the butt turns like everywhere you turn someone's got a foot out for you, okay? We've all had days like that. It's called normal. All right. So, you just been labeled this was a crappy day full with a bunch of crappy people full of a bunch of crappy experiences, and it just was what it was. Well, what comes from that? What comes from that mindset? what comes from you guys i don 't even have to tell you you know nothing positive. You now basically labeled those experiences that led to those you know exper- those inter- those exchanges with these folks as bad. If you had instead said it's too soon to tell, let's say you have a deal fallout. Let's say you have an escrow that doesn't close. Let's say you have uh, – and, and there's a positive side of it too, which I'll give to you guys in a second, That is also equally as applicable. Don't say to yourself, that's horrible, that's bad. Say, hey, look, it's too soon to tell. You want proof of the power of this? Go back in your own life and think about where you've had a really, really seemingly shitty experience. Just it didn't make sense at the time you were just, just horrible, right? I bet you. That all of you, every single one of you listening right now, can go back in time and find some benefits that came from that really shitty experience. It's interesting, isn't it? So, go with too soon to tell. Now, the flip side is true, too. You have a great day. You have 10 buyers that basically just buy on the first showing. You know, you have 100 listings that show up. Well, maybe not 100. Let's say you have 20 really good listings at really good commissions and price ranges show up. All of your closings happen. No problems whatsoever. Everyone gives you a hug. It's just a wonderful day. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I got this figured out. I am now king or queen real estate. I am top of the world. Well, you should have instead considered saying to yourself it's too soon to tell. In that situation – Just like the opposite, where it was negative, by saying it's too soon to tell with a positive, you still keep yourself in a state of learning. So it's, you know, congratulations, Julie, you had all this success. But, you know, Julie is in the midst of writing our newest book, Harris Rules. And Julie, I guarantee you this book, from what I've read, um, is going to be a bestseller, at least on Amazon. And everyone's going to say, congratulations, Julie, this is an incredible book. But I know Julie, and she's going to say, it's too soon to tell. tell. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you guys a little secret of best selling books. Best selling books are only best selling books for like a matter of weeks or a month. So if Julie said, I have got this book thing figured out, you know, it's this, you know, real kick, kick butt book. Everyone's okay, woohoo. I'm going on my book tour. Oprah's going to start her show again just because she wants to interview me, you know, the whole nine yards. And then what happens is a month later, The book's no longer on the best-selling list on Amazon. Something else has replaced it. Whereas, you know, had she kept her emotions between the lines, which is the essence of this too-soon-to-tell mindset, she would have said, well, I appreciate the praise. I'm already working on my next book. And then she might ask, for example, well, what did you like about the book? And then if she stays engaged in that, they'll say, well, I like these three points, and that might motivate Julie to write another book because she realized that maybe a few of these key points are so beneficial to so many folks. Too soon to tell, very powerful. Julie, next point.
2: That's right. So, you know, it's funny. Coaching-wise, we run across that so many times. I can't remember what I originally saw written on the wall was proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor performance. I'm pretty sure I saw that in music school originally, but what, if you trace that back, that's actually a military saying. So it's like too soon to tell. Use it in yeah. coaching all the time, but on the day I originally saw it, I didn't know I was gonna use it in coaching. So who knows, right? It's just interesting to follow the breadcrumbs. Okay, so point number nine, create a daily schedule that fills the cup. So you're more insulated from the unpredictable. What are the things that make you feel like you? What are the things that fill the cup instead of empty the cup? You know, the the, glass is half full analogy. What can you do in the morning? We always suggest affirmations and having a media-free morning having some things that keep you on track, listening to music that you like, maybe turning on a biography about, say, Margaret Thatcher that you're listening to instead of watching the news, but create a daily schedule that fills the cup. It doesn't have to be 10 different things. It can be, you know, for us, going on a walk in the morning, going on a swim in the evening. If we don't do that, I know that we both feel kind of off, right? So it's going to help you to be cognizant of what actually makes you tick and refill that cup on a regular day, daily basis as kind of just a – it's almost like taking your vitamins for yourself. You're going to keep that, that steady, positive flow of energy going back into the cup so that when people make you feel like you've been robbed of that, you're not so empty at the end of the day, if that well, makes but sense that,
1: But it's the re- Julie, that, yes, it's beautiful, and the repetitious boredom pays off. So, guys, write, those two, write this down. Repetitious boredom pays off, and long-term, ever-increasing success – success defined by you individually uh, is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's all about the morning schedule. And really we're only asking you guys to keep to a morning schedule because when you have one of those days where you have a series of things that are bad that happen or, you know, bad is labeled, you know, because you guys aren't thinking too soon to tell you, follow me on all this. But you have a day where there's setbacks where there's challenges where it just seemed like it was you constantly pushing the rock up the, the mountain. If you kept to that morning schedule if you did what you said you were going to do, and maybe of only three or four things, you're going to feel so much better at the end of the day. Let's just say everything after your morning schedule was essentially constant struggle, but you got those three or four things done. Julie, there was a great commencement speech that was done. Um, uh, I forget. It was some general, or, but it was here. It was, I think, the uh, University of Austin. And he had actually his own version of the morning schedule. He said one of the first things that he does, and it was University of Texas, and I think it was uh, last year or the year before. But he said one of the things he does every single morning is he makes his bed. He said no matter what happens <laughs> throughout the day, when he comes home, he has a nice, clean, made bed. That's his little gift to himself, right? I like and that. And so it helps, simple. To, it helps the center. It is simple, but that would be part of your morning schedule. So really, guys, when you study really famous, successful people – And then, look, not all of those things were always necessarily in alignment with rich people, so don't make that mistake. You know, it doesn't matter. Just somebody you admire, you will find that they all have commonalities. Generally speaking, they all pretty much have similar, you know, the morning schedule or their version of it, different types of things that we share with you guys on this radio show don't let your ego convince you that you have to basically forge your own path to try to find your way up the mountain. That's just ridiculous. Why not follow on the path of the people that came before you? Why not just follow in the path that's been proven by so many other times, by so many other people, back to the beginning of history? Just do what they do. Why would you struggle and try to figure out your own way? You know, that's, I've seen that, Julian. You see that um, with it, to everybody in business, but everybody in life, they all say, you know, they take this big, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do what other people do. I'm going to, I'm going to come up with my one big great idea, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. In other words, they're choosing the path of the most resistance. Whereas, all you guys got to do is follow the people that have gone before you that have ended up where you'd love to be. And you know what? You can. The amazing thing about this day and age is you can get access, obviously, to coaching. You can get access to books. You can watch videos. You, the information is everywhere. It wasn't that long ago, a couple decades, where if you wanted to be on this path, you would read the Bible, which you still obviously should. You'd read maybe Think and Grow Rich. You'd maybe read a handful of other books. And literally, in other words, The Secret, remember that, guys? The Secret was, in essence, something that very few people, a lot of people knew about, but they didn't really know how to use the information. What we do on this radio show is we give you the information. We tell you how to not just to understand it, but how to apply it that's part and parcel with the morning schedule part and parcel with basically remembering a successful day comes down to three or five things not a hundred when you do three or five things really well every single day The accumulation effect of those three or five things pays off massively into your future. So just keep these things in mind, guys. By the way, if you haven't filled out that form, guys, scroll to the bottom and absolutely positively uh, request a call, and we will call you right back. Someone from our team will tell you all about the coaching program. Julie, I think we're on, 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 Uh, on, oh, point number 10. Yes, go ahead.
2: Point number 10, have a coach who keeps you on the right path. Don't try and do all of this on your own when the train is off the tracks. One of the things we do in the essentials class, in our one-on-one programs, we keep the train on the tracks. When you guys are in the thick of it, when you're in the weeds, when you're dealing with all of the drama, a great coach will say, you know what, this is not a lifestyle, this is a temporary thing you're going through. Let's get you through it so we can get on to the next level of motivation, to the next level of production, so that we can get back to the goals that you put together in your treasure map. So don't try and do all of this by yourself. Real estate has become so complicated, so complex. And so, I mean, what is the contract now, like 45 pages? (laughs) Just to read that takes an afternoon. We're here to help you navigate the waters without you feeling like you're out there swimming alone. Because the fact of the matter is, you do have things that are going to throw throw you off your game. You're going to have days where you start taking everything personally like the world's out to get you. Why would you ever deal with that on your own? It's not normal. People who are successful have coaches. That's how it goes.
1: Even the strongest of us with the strongest mindsets have setbacks, have things that can put us back on our heels. Um, And one of the centering thoughts is when you have an experience like that, something that really gets your blood rising, a little spike of fear. You know, step aside from it, remove it, because what you, that little spike of fear is what's almost always going to cause you to act in a way that ultimately is not to your benefit. Ask yourself, whatever it is, whatever's causing that little spike of fear, ask yourself if one of your good friends came to you with whatever it is that you're experiencing and said, Listen, I have this problem. You know, how, what would you suggest for me? Notice how quickly your Unemotional mind is able to come up with a very clear and reasoned, uh, you know, solution or at least a path to a solution for that particular problem, guys. That's what. You know that's where we're wanting all of you guys to go to, to the point where you can have an ability to disengage from the ego, ability from disengage from the cloudy, cloudy thinking that a lot of us are plagued with throughout our entire lives, and so you can stay on the path of knowing that your highest and truest purpose on this earth is being of service to others. Hey, listen, guys, if there's ever a time we can be of service to you, anything at all, email us directly, Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. It is our pleasure to help you with anything at any time. Remember coaching clients be on your weekly calls and uh, definitely drill down this is the time of year guys where you can really determine not just what's happening the rest of this year but really what's happening the following year believe it or not (laughs) next year officially starts in about 30 days the the business you generate starting about 30 days will pay you dividends next year kind of a mindset shift for a lot of you but it's true so in the meantime if you need us for anything please send us an email have a fantastic day we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow